and welcome to this, the second episode of the newly reborn Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast. And it's great to have your company for this episode. I'm joined as always by Faber Ganoush, Fabian Guadagnolo. Buonasera ragazzi. Buonasera ragazzi to you. And Tim Coach Davis. Tim. How are you, Sean? What happened to Always a Pleasure? That's how he oh, signs all, off. I sign off with Always oh, a that's Pleasure. Oh, whatever. That's true. Is it a pleasure? With you. Yep. Always. Excellent. That's what we wanted to hear. Uh, we've obviously been uh, down to the beautiful Icon Park uh, for today's... Fortunately, it ended eventually. Um, <laughs> it started as a six-period... I kept on saying six-quarters. I don't want to be pedantic, but you can't have six-quarters. No. started as a six-quarters match, and we went, okay, whatever, match simulation and game scenarios, whatever that was. And then all of a sudden, I'm not sure... I'm sure I wasn't alone amongst those in the crowd that pit of my stomach started to churn when I the scoreboard was admittedly the Sam Smorgan scoreboard a long way away but I thought that looks like an eight yeah. <laughs> about halfway through the fifth so looking at it going that's uh we're gonna keep going that's a closed loop up top there that's an eight yeah. shit fortunately they just up seven. after seven they thought that's <laughs> enough uh, I saw Mitch Cleary actually finally tweeted something about after what would have to be the longest scratch match in the history of <laughs> AFL football but look it did end uh, and there were plenty of um, really, really positive takeaways. So we're going to obviously go through what happened out at Icon Park tonight first and then touch on all the other news from around the club this past week. Obviously, the leadership group has been announced. Uh, Matty Cruiser uh, has obviously had a little bit of a heart scare. They, they assure us it's not serious. We'll touch on that. Um, and then a bit of the AFLW just to close us out as we look back on last week and then towards uh, this week, which I think is the Pride game. Uh, we'll touch on... Have you seen the Guernseys? Yeah, I did mine. No. You haven't seen them? I haven't today? seen the new ones. Okay, that's all right. Are they different? Uh, slightly. We'll touch on that later. Um, so we'll get started, obviously, with the, the practice match, the scrimmage, if you will, out at uh, Icon Park. Now, the clock and the scoreboard were reset at the beginning of each period, which is an interesting idea. It effectively turned the quarters into skins, which I quite liked. I could have sort of like sitting there thinking, you know what, mate? We lose the first three. doesn't matter. Mm. Quarter four is our quarter. I'm going to bounce back and claim it as it was. Um, we actually ended up winning the aggregate. Do you have the aggregate score? It was something like 15 11 to. It was 93 it was, to 55 or something like 93 that. 93 to yeah. 57. So uh, both teams uh, fielded relatively. Our way. Complete squads. Um, you know, we, we were missing, obviously, uh, the higher profile guys Samo, Cruz, Mackay, McGovern. Uh, Martin was, I think he was listed as having some soreness uh, or something to that effect, as was Fisher. Uh, obviously, Caleb Marchbank didn't play. He was actually one I was looking forward to seeing and didn't realise until quite a ways into the game that he wasn't out. I was like, he wasn't there, which was disappointing. Well, like you, I was sort of, you know, accumulating the names of guys that weren't playing. Mm. And every now and again, you'd just, another name would you just go, get oh, triggered. Yeah. You'd go, oh, he's not playing. Because obviously, we knew going in for certain that yeah, Mackay, Charlie, uh, Cruz, you know, wouldn't be out there. And then you sort of expected a few of the other names, but I don't think there's too much to read into their omissions. Uh, and obviously Collingwood, likewise, they were missing, you know, Stevenson, Dugowie, Elliott, Farco, uh, Roughhead, Maynard, Howe. You know, so similarly, I think you can probably... Um, they, they even themselves out. Both teams are missing some some senior players who would absolutely be in their starting 18. Yeah, there were certainly no dramatic differences from a personnel perspective. And you could argue at times that Collingwood had much the stronger midfield unit for probably portions of the game that actually surprised me. Um, 
we certainly had our strongest complement out here and there. Uh, we want to start, obviously, with major takeaways. We're going to touch on the players who I think impressed or left the um, the biggest mark on us as we walked away from the game. And we have to start with the, the showstopper himself as Eddie Betts. He was good, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, it's just a practice match. It is only the 20th of Feb. It's not even a legitimate practice match. But you couldn't help but walk away from tonight's game thinking he actually is probably the best small forward we've had since he left. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. No, I don't think there's that can be disputed. No. No. And just the flair that he plays within his preparedness to to take a calculated risk. Um, and he's never out of the play. And whether it's offensively or defensively, he's he's just always percolating. He's always ready to go and 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 obviously, as he's shown everybody, he can kick a goal from anywhere. What did he end up with? Three? Two he or three? Two. 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 But he had two. a hand he in... Had a double doink. He had a double doink. He, he, po- he, he hit both posts, one, and then he hit the behind posts with another. Behind I couldn't help but check like, sides from the brown. I couldn't help but sit there. I sent Dad a text who wasn't able to make it down. And, and we've been working on this theory for a couple of weeks. Any, any doubters, any naysayers? And we were potentially in that camp, but as soon as the Papley deal fell through, this acquisition is has proven, I think at the moment anyway, is looking like being sensible, if not shrewd. If he played for us last year in the kind of touch he was in tonight, we win two or three, four more games. Easily. Yeah. He just that difference, that craft, the cleverness, his patterns at ground level when the ball hit the deck, a cut above. Yep. And we don't want to go the early crow, no pun intended. But <laughs> Nice. He looks. He, oh, there's something about him that just looked livelier than the Eddie Betts that had a disappointing year last year and still kicked 37 goals. Just digressing ever so slightly. Did you hear Sam Jacobs on SEN I during heard, the week? I didn't hear him, but I heard. I saw the quote. Yeah, well, the comment basically was, even when we we're in Adelaide, Eddie still talked about his time at Carlton, and he said it almost feels like he never actually left. And and Sam, oh, who is obviously now at GWS as well, he said, "I'm absolutely wrapped. He's back at Carlton because I just feel like he belongs." I there. think that Eddie would absolutely no, in no way, shape, or form regret his move to Adelaide and what he was able to achieve there. Played then. great footy there. Played terrific footy. You could argue he took his game to another level. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. You know, had a, had a really great stint there. But I think that look, I don't think he wanted to leave. Carlton as such, it wasn't as though there was a falling out. It wasn't as though he was pushed out. It was just a money. It was opportunity and circumstance. They came down and said, we're going to give you $150,000, $200,000 more over the life of a contract. How many years was it in the end? Five? Six? He left at the end of 13. His last game was the final in Sydney. Semi-final. So... Yeah, I mean, look, I said watching him tonight um, was really, really encouraging. He, he was a, an element of our performance that I think a lot of people um, would have taken great heart from and, and with good reasons. So that's exciting. We'll obviously look to see what we can accomplish uh, with him next week when you would imagine the intensity ratchets up a little bit more. Um, but a really good start from Eddie in his return. The other one, and to me this is in a bit of a Melbourne Cup field of good stories to come out of the night, Sam Doherty. He really almost picked up where he left off. Not not to the same extreme, not all Australian mm. extreme, but he still stands in the right spot. He moves to the right areas. Looked assured with, with oh, everything. It, he's a great disposal. He waxes well with his teammates and, and just he makes players around him better because he's there. He looked to 
most importantly, to have real confidence in his body yeah. and what the game was requiring, how it was requiring him to pivot or plant his feet for a tackle or twist, land, jump, etc. If was he a, went to ground, though, you just, you just sort of, it was just the moment. Yeah, so you, just get up. Charlie's like that, though, isn't he? he is as soon bit. as Charlie jumps, you're sort of looking for the, the landing through your fingers. Yeah. And, and Doc's going to be like that for a little while, just naturally for us. But no, I think that uh, coming out of tonight's performance, like you say, if, if you didn't know, if you didn't go to tonight's game, if you'd been in a coma for the last – good for you, by the way, if you're a Carlton fan, you've been in a coma for the last <laughs> couple of years. Just move on and forget about what we've been served up. But if you had no idea that he was coming off two ACLs and hadn't played since 2017 – you would be none the wiser. You would have watched him run around tonight and gone, yeah, Doc, Doc looked good. Doc looked real good. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. So that was encouraging. Obviously played in his customary role across halfback, dropped into defence a lot. It was part of a really good um, really good defensive unit in the first two or three periods where I thought our, the, the defence really scrambled well. Yep. Was To the untrained eye, you'd think, oh, it's a little bit unstructured, but there was a lot of pressure. Yep. There was a lot of preparedness to dig in. To make it hard to score, to not give them, you know, the opportunity to go repeat ball, repeat ball, handball into space, handball into space. I think he, Jones, obviously, Weedering, uh, we'll touch on him a little bit later. Was really solid in the in the minutes he played. Um, Nick Newman, Nick Newman, Willow, going to get to Willow, going to get to Willow. But you know those guys there, Jack Nunes, a new new face down there, playing a little bit more half back onto the wing. But that unit together, I thought, did a really good job um, when they were together to make it hard for Collingwood to score. Yep, no doubt. Uh, and, and obviously it showed on the scoreboard throughout. I mean, they they got a hold of us a little bit. It was probably a bit more junky, but their fourth period was good and they were accurate and they hurt us a little bit, but the I think the energy had been sucked out of the game by then. Yeah. So. We, we were all over him early. Yeah. I thought, I thought, we, were, we were pretty wasteful. I thought right at the on. very start they looked a little bit more polished. Yep. In a very even sort of contest, they looked to. It was an interesting. We said it during the game. It was a weird sort of contrast in styles. They played one, yeah. very conservative, not conservative in a bad way, but retain possession, retain possession, chip the ball around, be patient, find find the outlet, find someone yeah. spare. Don't think. Whereas we were prepared to be a bit more ballistic. Yeah, go moved it quicker. Yeah, and a couple you know. times you went. That's there was one with Murphy in particular where we won a free kick and he, we raced off half back and you went. You're not that far away from breaking out. But at the same time, we probably didn't need to play on in that exact circumstance yep. and make it hard for ourselves. Another thing I noticed actually, which was very encouraging, which I really liked, was we seemed to have our sounds ridiculous, but our forwards when we were defending a little bit further up the ground. Yep. Which meant that when we got the ball out, they would stretch the field, mm. so they dart back into the open space. Also, keeping that the last line of Collingwood's defence. Yes. Honest, and it was probably more evident. When the B Scott B squad were on later on, Liam Stocker was effectively playing last man, full forward. He's playing like the Wayne Carey role. Yeah, he was playing. He was in the middle of the ground playing full forward. But when we got the ball, he'd push hard, and, and very... two or three Collingwood defenders would all of a sudden track back a bit, and we never really got the outlet ball. And that was because of, uh, we did it once, and yeah. they nearly killed another teammate. But yeah, and um, that was a consequence too of no disrespect, but the young kids, especially in that last couple of periods. They were genuinely young kids. Yeah. And we just didn't have the service to get the ball out accurately yeah. to transition it we're out. Unclean. But you could see that there was that yes. there was that intent to yeah, obviously yeah. stretch the field Absolutely. a bit more. Because if you are going to play that game where we do run and create an overlap, yeah. You need space to do that. Yeah. And that's where guys like particularly Mitch 
yeah. and Harry on the move um, could be really dangerous as the season, season wears on and very David Teague at Adelaide-like. Very true. We're going to attack the empty space. We're going to attack it quickly and we're basically going to, like you said, try to create one-on-ones by foot. Yep. So so that was good. Um, obviously, in the engine room, Cripps was Cripps. I mean, we don't want to... We don't want to um, Pour cold water on his performance at all, but look, he was he was strong. Um, he was impressive as he always is. Big Pitters put a couple of balls right down his throat. Right down yeah, his throat. And absolutely made him look magnificent. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Murphy similarly, just yep. a lot more positive than this time last year where we went to that practice match. Yeah, and he just looked he looked off the pace. He looked yep. rusty. Yeah. yeah, he looked really short of a run, yep. and he sort of went, "Oh wow!" And he was kicking it well tonight. Yep. he was really running on top of the ground and. Looked like he was just enjoying it, actually. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Ed Kerno, Fab mentioned it just before he went to air. Um, a little bit quieter. Mm. By no means. When the ball was in his area, he was not beaten. He no. did his job. He just he wasn't called upon. No. That but encouraging. Often. Yeah. Encouraging that in, in those minutes where our midfield went head to head with Trelaw, Adams, Pendlebury, Sidebottom, Brody Grundy, etc. We didn't need him to keep our heads afloat. Yeah. No. In the re- contest, no reliance. Yeah. Which was good and. Um, Our main six for that first, say, half, the half that mattered where we had our best side was Pitnett, Murph, Setters, Walsh, Cripper, and Jack Nunes. And Setterfield on the other wing. Yeah, he said yeah, Setters. Oh, right. sorry. sorry. This happened as earlier when I, was going, when I was going through the absentees and I'm going, Samo, Cruiser, Mackay, McGovern, Martin, Martin. Yeah, but you and said then, Samo and then, and then he goes, what about SPS? And, and then, and then <laughs> Timbo goes, goes, what about Petrovsky Seton? And I go, I said Samo. And then you go, what about Harry? <laughs> I said, I said you Harry. You didn't say Harry though, you said Mackay. It shows yeah. how much you were listening. Before we move on to our next player, and this is potentially, in, like I said, in a really packed field, this is probably the best story of the night for me. Um, Fabian, do you want to tell us? Uh, I was stunned. I was taken aback by this. Do you want to tell us about your trip down to the bar? What? Where I had to? Where I got? What? What astounded you more? The, the fact that I came back carrying seven. The fact that nobody asked for a Canadian club <laughs> at all, and you you emerged with four I asked of them. For Coke Zero. Yeah, from, Tim goes, "Can I grab a Coke Zero? He Wait. comes back with four Canadian clubs, and he goes. I saw on the screen it was $12. I thought, oh, that's reasonable. That's all right. They were $12 each. Oh, $12 a can. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone, Plus the three waters was 50-something bucks. So any Carlton fans out there worried about our debt reduction plan, don't. <laughs> I, wiped off, I wiped off a quarter of it tonight. Because what, what is it at the moment? We wiped off half of it last, last year, last financial year. Yeah. We've got one more game at Icon Park in a couple of weeks' time. If you... It, just we're gonna wipe it off in a hit. They should name that bar after me. They should from that one purchase. <laughs> Although on the way back down, looking at where one of the kiosks was, there was a hell of a lot of leftover hamburgers that were selling. Well, because no one had any money, Tim, because well, they bought the Canadian each. clubs. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I, which thank God there wasn't a lot of people up in the Pratt stand. But as I'm walking up, so I've got the bottles of water. You've left me. You've abandoned. You've seen the lines and gone. Yeah, I've gone back to my seat. <laughs> but I've got seven items to purchase here. Although I did mix the order up a bit, but how did you mix the order up? You got two bottles of water and four Canadian clubs. Three bottles of water and four Canadian clubs, and then I thought I can't actually carry this back, so I shoved two bottles down, one in each pocket, one under the arm, and then the cans I kind of double parked them in each hand. And as I'm going up the steps, my pants start going, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like take everything down and then like get the drawstring and just <laughs> tighten them up. But yeah, it was like legit. Ass hanging out, 
going up the stairs. Lucky nobody was around, wouldn't it? Just lucky no one was behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Scared off a few people, but um, but yeah. So that, that staggered me twelve dollars for a Canadian club. Uh, so yeah, get down to watch the girls when we play there. Get down to watch uh, the, the game against the Lions in a couple of weeks. And we'll make a massive dent in that debt, tell you what. Yep. Um, next up, Tom Williamson. Yeah, oh, it was terrific to watch, wasn't he? Outstanding. Kicked the goal a, too. Had a, had a contest early in the very first period, deep, when he, I can't remember the Collingwood player, but just shook him out of his boots and off he went. Yep. Kicked the ball confidently, played attacking football off half-back. He was everything. We've been accused, Carlton fans have been accused of making this pick 61 who's only played 14-odd games into this superstar. And we've said on the many times before, it's the old adage in sport, um, the less you play, the better you are. Yes. And and certainly I think we can be accused of being guilty of that with, with Tom. But he gave everyone a glimpse just of what we've missed and kind of impressed upon us. No, you weren't wrong. Well, and we, we always said him. he has pace. He's got a good, he's got good size. He competes. He's tough. And he's an excellent kick of a football. He's just got this, this salt, he's that flair. Yep, he takes the he's game never on. Missed games, never missed games on form. He's no. always, it's always been injuries that have kept him out. Absolutely. And that's why, as Carlton supporters, we talk about Tom Williamson. And we did it last week with our, you know, with our best I, team. I, I didn't consider him. Non-Carlton, because... Non-Carlton fans are going, Tom who? Yeah, exactly. I think that, and look, sometimes I, I, I feel like myself, you know, I, I'm retiring Cade Simpson. It was good, very good early. Um, yeah, no, he was he was all right. But I, look, I looked at today's game, such as it was, and you look at Doc's back, Newman's out there, Williamson potentially back. Nunes was, well, like we said, a little bit higher up the field. But you went, there could be, a, there's a very real possibility and potential that at some point this season, he will not be in our best team. It could be early. But that, if but he also fit, might get rested too. Him, no, absolutely. But you look well. at go, Samo needs to come back in. Marchbank needs to come back in, Fisher, etc. You're going at some point. Not just one of his teammates will go past him. There's several yeah. who could which rocket is, which past is him. Which is great. Um, I mean, it's not great for Cade, no. but there's no time for. It's one of those things. There's no time. It's that sentiment. Absolutely, and and you don't ever want to get to the stage where one of your greats has to keep on playing because you just don't have another option. Mm. We do. Mm. And so, yes, he plays games on merit. Uh, until he doesn't. Until he doesn't. So, and, and and you don't want to see him languishing in the twos, but for a very, very long time, being the leader that he's been around the club, um, he's had to do a lot of the heavy lifting for others, help other guys out. Now it's sort of like, mate, just play your best footy and what will be will be. And there's also the potential too, in such a scenario, in that Williamson's gone past him or Samo's gone past him or... Nick Newman or Nunes is preferred or whatever the roles might be, that if you get dropped, you get dropped, and it's your responsibility as a leader, as an experienced player, to take it on the chin. And keep working. And keep working. Daisy did it last year. He did. He did it very well. He went back and obviously had the uh, incident at the charity dinner. but Just a few red wines. Just had a couple of red wines. But he, he went back and basically made it impossible for them not to pick him. And that was in a team with less... Competition yep. potentially for spots, so um, so that was encouraging, and like we said, uh, it, it bodes well, I think, for the season to come that we're, we're stacked across that area with some options. Um, Mark Pitnett obviously uh, shouldered a heavy, or if not the 
burden of the ruck, uh, especially until Tom DeConning made an appearance. Uh, Levi did a little bit of stuff here and there, but in the ruck, in the ruck, having did seen a lot more up forward, having seen him um, as closely as I have, you know, throughout my time doing some things with Box Hill, um, I was always fairly confident in saying that Mark Pitnett was the best ruckman playing in the state leagues. He was obviously on Hawthorne's list, but playing predominantly as a developing ruck in the VFL. I really like him. Yeah, no, he's he's, the ball he's, well. he's clearly the backup, isn't he? Oh, absolutely, he's the but, understudy. But he he's he's come in and shouldered the load. I against think Tom's Brody Grundy. Yeah, Tom's away a ways off. I think Mark's oh, clearly ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's the size, the way he uses his size, his hunger for the contest. He went up against the all Australian ruckman tonight, yep. and I think Bro, Brody Grundy might have. I think probably just about got the better of him, but it wasn't a pantsing. Uh, Brody Grundy moves right around the ground. Very well. Yeah. And Mark was always there, maybe a yard or two behind occasionally, but wasn't outworked, wasn't definitely not outrucked. No. Um, and as you, but talk- you are talking about top three ruckmen in the league. As you alluded to. He's reigning to, all Australian ruckmen, isn't he? Or one two of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you alluded to it a couple of times. Mark really gave Cripps oh. brilliant service. One of them actually led to, I don't know if the goal was kicked. But it was literally pitting it to Cripps out of the middle onto someone's chest, Levi maybe. But bang, 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 done. We're having a shot at goal. Yeah, Doesn't get much better than that. So that's really good. Uh, you would imagine he'd get um, first crack at it next week um, over in the West, which is another um, good opportunity for him to stake his claim. And fingers crossed we see Cruz in that last one against the Lions. So, um, well, Cruz will need to have it. He needs to have out. a run. Yeah. needs to have a run. Uh, Levi, we touched on him earlier. Oh. Um, best forward on the ground. But even... When he when he went on the ball, there was a couple of times those little cheeky kick off the half back line mm-hmm. where he he found the outlet pass, and it was like his confidence hasn't dropped from last no, year. He's no. still riding that wave, and he was good, sharp. His kicking was on. He kicked four. Something's happened to him as a footballer. It's it's I think it's just clicked. It's I bizarre. Just think he believes he belongs, and maybe maybe it's a sense of someone saying something, him being spurred by some competition. Where am I? Am I a forward? I've had to go back at a necessity to try to do something down there. But something's just clicked in him. Maybe, But that's all happens since Teague's come on. Maybe someone's just put their arm around him and gone. And he looks like he's enjoying it. You can, there. You I know can I do just it. just said that about Mark Murphy as well. But, but there's Le- like Eddie, Eddie's like that. There was a big yeah. chat about Eddie losing the smile and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But no, look, no sign of that tonight. Yeah. Levi, for a while, looked like he was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders because clearly he questioned himself just because of his skills and whatnot. You know, his ability to be able to take a contested mark, everyone has always said he's as good as anyone in the competition and we all know it. Absolutely. Um, and now all of a sudden what was a glaring weakness is is adequate. Like it's, mm. he, he's not going to be the best kick in the competition, but he's he stands in front of goal and he, he knows that if he executes, he's every chance of kicking it. And as, that's. As a Manchester United fan, Fab would be aware of this story. Not for one second saying Levi Casbold is comparable to Cristiano Ronaldo. But I love the story about 06 07, which was Ronaldo's first really truly consistent breakout year, where he and Ferguson just had a bet 12 goals. And it wasn't anything serious. It was whatever it was. It was a really minor, you know, mm, box Ferrari. of wine or something. <laughs> it was literally four, 12 goals. Yep. If you, if you can score 12 goals for us, you've had a really good year. We don't want them at the expense of 
assists or other bits of play, whatever. What, what did he score? He ended up with about 15 or something. Yeah, okay. But he had a really good year. So my thing, I love that with the idea, whether it be Charlie, whether it be Harry, whether it be with Levi in this case. Just sit there and go, Levi, if you're playing forward, we want to see 1.5 goals a game. Yep. So if you play 15 games forward... Mm-hmm. You kick us 25 goals yep. and you're doing a bit of rucking. You're a really valuable part of the team. So, look, he was great. Led up well, presented well, was rewarded with goals. So, a really good sign. I'm going to hand it over to Timbo now to talk about one of his kids, Will Setterfield. Oh. Yeah, no, I was happy with Will Setterfield. I thought, I thought you were going to take my, take my no, boy away. I claimed him a long time before you did, but anyway, I'll let you have him anyway. You don't even know your boy's name. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> he can't utter it. Um, yeah, Setterfield started on the wing, on the, on the outer wing, um, but... By later in the game was playing in the middle, um, trailing Pendlebury at times too. Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah. I, I think any time a young player can track, you know, seriously, you know, quality footballers, I think can only help. Mm. Um, and it was funny. You know, it was only this time last year where he was debuting, and um, and and obviously he was overshadowed by Sam Walsh's debut last time when. We were obviously, you know, fell in love with him straight away. But Setterfield could always get a bit of the footy. But yep. being, you know, young and still first year coming off a knee, a little bit like what we said with Doherty, you were still worried if he went to ground, was he going to stand up? Is this going to be a long-term concern for him? Um, but for a guy who's, I know I know he played before at GWS, but if you call him a second-year footballer, um, he just carried himself with a real confidence tonight and yep. uh, um, could find the footy, could link up. Looks like he makes good decisions, and he's always been a good kick of the footy. So was moving really um, well. Yeah, and yeah. and he's he's not your prime mover. He's not your not not your gun. You don't rely on him to be that. But for the the depth of quality that we're staying to generate as a team, and coupled with the fact there were some very good players, very talented players that weren't on the field as well, um, he he really imposed himself on the game and started in the centre six. Yeah, start of every every quarter, and obviously things move around, but. It's obviously he's not in the forward six. It's an endorsement. The, set, the setup is he's going to be part of that midfield six, the driving six that's going to yeah. you know take us forward. He tackles so, well as well is yep. what I've always thought. And I thought he did a few good tackles tonight as well. So he's always putting pressure on. He just he understands the big picture and yeah, big big fan. Totally, uh, Jacob Weedering left the field with a bit of a scare. The latest updates and this could change by the time you listen to this. Uh, he the club is saying he overstretched. In a contest, John Ralph has interpreted that. Obviously, he's followed the club up, I would imagine, uh, as a tight hip is why he did not. He, I think he left in the second period. Yeah, yep. I, I yeah, I reckon that's the last time I saw him. So. But uh, up until then, looked good. He, he was he well, was probably fighting Crips for the standout mm, player on the ground for well, mine. He, Plough took his spot. Yeah. And Plough kicked the goal. He did. He pl- rare collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fabian, shut up on shit canning, player. <laughs> have I, have I ever shit canned? Uh, do, do we want to go back to the tapes? You said he was a coward. <laughs> no, I said he was hiding. He's hiding. Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you nailed him, man. Yeah, you well, had him he, probably heard, he probably listened to a few episodes, and hopefully Darcy can listen to a few oh, episodes. And, um, but yeah, I just wanted to point, there was two which, specific weetering contests. There was one where he was, um, Mason Cox had taken the front position. Mm. And obviously, you know, he's not a great footballer, but he's a big man. And in the in the position that he was in, 
once upon a time, Wiedering might have given away a free kick because he was sort of trying to sling him to get around him and all that sort of stuff. But he remained really composed in that, used his body well, looked strong. And I think that's always been, you know, the the query is when can Wieders, you know, mix it with the men? Yep. And the answer now... He's tight, the man. Tight hip aside, he, he can. And then there was another one where Simpson was backing back or was going to take a mark, which he ultimately spilled in front of the old social club stand. But Wiedering was doing all the work to be able to buffet his player, shepherd the player off the ball. And you thought, he's just so smart when mm. the ball's in the air. He reads, he just knows what's what's happening next. And to be able to watch him go at it, I just, I, I really just enjoy what he does. He's also got the body now to use. That's it. He's That's probably it. always known how, where to go and what to do, but when you just don't have that frame... You can't always execute. Whereas he knows he's got it now and look out. For some yeah. reason, I just had horror flashbacks to his first season when uh, Sam Rowe looked like he'd ended his career by giving him the hospital kick back, back in defence and Wiedering was like ploughed into the turf. Oh, did, then we did the shoulder? Did he try to dive and like yeah, punch it through? It was, against, was it Essendon? It was wet. It was Essendon, yeah. That was, was that the Samo game where Samo was just... No. That was it, Collingwood. No, cause, yeah, because it would have been Samo was the next year. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, so Wiedering, like I said, fingers crossed we know a little bit more and the club can update us uh, you know, in the next day or two about just what happened and if that's going to affect his pre-season at all. Uh, two to three weeks from here in Fab. So we'll see him in July. Um, <laughs> so that was good. Uh, we're going to now go to Fab's boy. Yes. Do you want to say his name? Look, don't at me. Flip, right? It's Philp. I don't care. Well, I'm, if you ever hear me call anybody Flip, uh, that's him. Sam Philp? Philp. Love him. You look good. A few times I went to watch training, he impressed me. And I thought, oh, it's obviously you're playing in and amongst yourselves. This kid... He's a footballer. Oh, yeah, and he, but he can move. And yeah, no, he, he he gets through traffic. He knows a couple of little deft touches. Yep. And he he looks handy. I reckon he's he's in the mix. He's in the round one mix. He's the a, fact that he was playing early quarters, hmm. I reckon, shows that he's he's in the mix. He's a potential bolter, but you look at obviously those guys that. You know, O'Brien didn't play early on. No. Dow didn't play early on. Fisher didn't play at all. Samo didn't play at all. Martin didn't play at all. But I get where you're coming from. He's put mm. his name. He's put his magnet amongst the others. On the performances, though, take out Lockie because Lockie was sensational. I wouldn't. Sensational? No, no, no. Lockie, Lockie, when he started with the with, was, the with the main crew, then once you're in the the pack with all the, I, I thought, hey, there's the, no bigger. I've been on the Lockie O'Brien bandwagon. Yeah, no, no. He for was a very he was long time. Just silk, and then once the B squad were in, well, nothing's really gonna. Fabian actually missed Lockie's best moment, his first kick. Which I was, was carrying seven drink items up ca- the front stand steps. Up at that point. You were carrying the GDP of a small country back up the stairs. But uh, no, he yeah, was he was he looked real good in the he, third quarter. He looked excellent. He moved really well, used the ball really well, did a couple of just the one in front of us in the in the shadows of the, the Pratt stand where he had to hit the twenty five meter on the boundary. Beautiful. Beautiful. Did it without any fuss. Moves well, plays with confidence like a few of those other guys we've we've mentioned. Uh, and he's prepared to look looks like he's prepared to carry the ball. Which I think is important for him. Um, any other mentions do we want to make? I thought Josh Honey came on late. Josh Honey looked uh, really good. And did some nice little bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, of that crew, you know, the Honey, Ramsey, I'm going to obviously miss a lot of it, but of that second tier, he put himself in and amongst it. Mm. Obviously, a little bit unclean at times, but it was the B squad in. Everything was a bit more filthy, I'll call it. Yeah, filthy. <laughs> um, yeah, but he showed some. 
He showed some signs. He did. I, I thought Nunes on the um, on the interchange bench side wing in that first period, especially, really seemed to link up a lot. Got a lot of the footy. So um, for for a guy who's played one hundred and eighty odd games of footy or whatever the number is, looking for a change of atmosphere and wanting to show that. He's come to Carlton and he's serious about his career. Was I the only one that did, did a bit of a, a double take with the Nick Graham? There was a little bit of yeah. Nick Graham. Did a little bit of a, who let Costanza back in? <laughs> no, well, no disrespect to Nick, by the way. Tim's boy, Dave Cunningham, played with the B squad. You know what the most, you know what the most impressive thing about Dave? Did a couple of nice bits mm. and pieces. Didn't have a lot to do because that the, the player... Collingwood controlled the game when he... But the players around him yeah. you know, obviously didn't give him the ball... In space, you know, not in space, but like didn't give him the opportunity yeah. to affect the contest too regularly. But the most, the thing I took away from it with Dave Cunningham was size. He looked a bit bigger. Didn't he, he looked pretty solid. Yeah. Just you know, you're looking at him going. I went actually sort of stopped for a second. I went looks his body shape is exactly where it needs to be. Yep. In what is it preseason with five? Uh, yeah, because he was weetering to you. Yeah. So he played his so that was good. with Silvani. Um, yeah. And then lastly, before we move off this practice match. Uh, the last list spot is obviously being contested by a handful of players. Uh, young Sturgis, who I actually don't know his first name. Ryan. Ryan. Um, Lucas Webb, who unfortunately looks like he might have done a hamstring. Uh, Dr. Tim Davis spotted it very, very quickly mm. um, over in the just in, in front of the old social club, um, which is a shame for him because unfortunately if it's a two to three weaker, that, that might rule him out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless his body of work to this point has been exceptional. Um, Callum Moore and... Jordan, Jordan. Kid, for some Jordan reason, I could see Jordan. I was, I was sitting here going, yeah, "It's going to sound ridiculous." I had Ryan in my head from when you said it before, and I just <laughs> couldn't get rid of Ryan. It's like that's wrong. Uh, Kuniko, I thought he's he signed with the Northern Blues, so he'll he's committed to play for them, really, irrespective of what happens with this this train on with the senior team. Um, I think Sturgis was probably the standout. Well, he came on quite early. Yeah. And he was given... It was probably a little bit of that balance with uh, Wiedering going off. A guy with a, just a, a reshuffle, little bit more height. Yeah, yeah. And he was sort of given a role and he looked... He was... What's his background? Where's he... So he played Vic Metro, he's Northern Knights. Yeah. So he would have played with Sam Philp. Um, Filthy. I like that <laughs> Philp. <laughs> But um, but yeah, he was. That, I think they said he was a little bit of a swing man, but he predominantly played back. Um, and I think he's about one ninety odd centimeters. So, um, mm. but but he he didn't look out of place manning an opponent. And granted, the guy that he was playing on was probably on the younger side as well. So again, it didn't. That's an even matchup, then, isn't it? It's like a matchup look, it, on it merit was, in but a way. He, he was composed, um, and he seemed to really wax well with the guys around him. So he was. Far from out of place, and for a guy who's not yet on an AFL list, he's well, he certainly be. putting his right, uh, you know, his best foot forward. So good luck to the. I mean, good luck to all four of them. Do we do we know when's that date? Do we know? Is that, is that part of that supplemental? Look, it is. They call it like the SAS yeah. or something like that. I'm not quite sure what it stands for, but um, um, supplemental something selection or yeah. whatever. And, and obviously, we've vacated the spot on the list because of Brody Kemp's uh, recovery from his ACL. Um, so there's no rush, but obviously for you know the players themselves, um, when you know who you're going to go with, let's let's make the decision. Let the other guys know. Say thank you very much mm. for your time. Obviously the Cunicos of the world. If it's not them, they're off to Northern Bullants, Northern whatever, we, Northern Blues. 
uh, anyway. So, and the other guys can so they're going to be within the, the sort the themselves group out. As such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was good. So like I said, in the end, we we on an aggregate ended up having about a four or five goal win. Um, the margin is sort of immaterial, really, given the way that the last part of the, the contest panned out with the 10-minute shorter quarters, um, and it was a little bit more informal. But super, uh, lots of positives to take out of it. Um, Absolutely. And uh, we look forward, obviously, to next week. And A, who retains their spots, who did enough to get in those extended squads to go over to Perth. So, yeah. Um, we'll move on, obviously, to the next big story out of the week, which was clearly earlier in the week, um, announced our leadership group. Is it a seven-man leadership group? Yes. Which is, I'm going to be honest with you, it's a little bit on the high side. Did That's I just hear that, like, my St. personal. Had nine or yeah, well, some, Brisbane had Brisbane have got Brisbane. half the team in there. Yeah. yeah. That's just like, the, remember a couple of years ago, Brisbane did their BNF. They only voted on like four games, and then they had like a four-way tie for the winner. It was laughable. They had a bad year. I get it. But come on. Don't cheapen the award. Hayden Bunton won this bad boy. Now you're just picking and choosing which games we're voting on. Did Martin Pike win it as well? I think he won it after stealing uh, from his teammates. (laughs) Raiding their wallets. Um, The big, obviously, stories out of there is not so much who retain their spots. Kate Simpson departs the leadership group, which is understandable. Uh, He's obviously done a great stint in there and done a lot of really good work to help rebuild the culture of the club and and the leadership standards of the club. And you've written him off. And I've written him off. I've retired him after an unofficial practice match. That's not true. I don't want to be too harsh. But um, the additions obviously lead, uh, lead the line and make the headlines there. Liam Jones is an absolutely outstanding story. Um, three was it three years ago? He was three. Yeah, he was done. Yeah, he he, he might have made the leadership group at the East Donny Sharks. It wasn't making the leadership group at an AFL team. No, is that no, what they no. called the Sharks? No, Doncaster called the Sharks, but I. What's East Donny? I don't know. Well, they play at uh, the Ants, Shrams, or something, isn't no, it? No, no, no. Doncaster play at Shrams, which is also known as Shark Park. Where, where East do Doncaster play at Zerbies? Oh well, that's Beverly Hills, technically. Different club. Bullshit. I know that they've changed the name, which was an affront to the history of the club, for whatever reason. It's unforgivable. But we digress. We do digress. You reckon it's oh, that's huge, huge digression. The uh, they wear the they wear like Geelong Guernseys, don't they? The Sharks. Do 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 yeah, do. Doncaster. And then, not uh, East Doncaster. Simon White, I think, East plays Doncaster. For he you, plays for Beverly Hills. <laughs> You're all over the shop, mate. Who did? Who was Sam Rowe going to play for? East Doncaster. Which but not the someone Sharks. was going to play for the Sharks? Well, Nathan Thompson played for oh, the Sharks. Well, how long ago was that? Why aren't yeah, the Gold Coast called the Sharks? Because the Southport Sharks are called the Sharks. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, they're not in the AFL last time I checked. Yeah, but they were very strong up there and a lot of people were thinking that the franchise might have been Southport at the time. It probably so. wouldn't have been, in retrospect, an awful idea. No. But we digress again. Um, it's not like us. Yeah, so look, Jonesy, absolutely outstanding, really, to go from being one foot out the door. He, by his own admission... He was out the door, Sean. <laughs> it wasn't, he was out the door. I don't think he was even taking part in team meetings. He was just... We, we, and in the end, it was, it was only that he started rucking and we were butchered for key position defenders especially. Mm-hmm. And they ultimately said, oh, been a fucking player then. And well, he was playing in the behind. Northern Blues and like there were like, whispers on the wind that like... He's actually looking all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, people, people Don't like, say it too loud. People are at Northern Blues games going, Liam Jones is playing the defence. looked okay. Yeah, but no. And then the yeah, next week... It was the thing. He started rucking, though. Like, they had to ruck him in a game because they were so, we were so what, bereft senior of level? tools. No, no, no. At, at Northern, yeah, yeah, Northern yeah, yeah. Blues level. 
And he played one or two games where they just said, credit where it's due, this bloke has ripped the game apart, completely controlled it. They were still like, we're delisting him at the end of the year. But he played all right. He is gone, but he's he's done all right. And then we've gone, fuck, we're going to have to play him. And uh, and they put him in, and he was keeping guns goalless. But he was like playing this like cavalier, yeah. unbelievable rebounding fullback. Everyone's going, well, maybe we're going to give him a go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We might have to reward good form. But he's look uh, outstanding story, um, and and full credit to him. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic reward for it what's is. been a, a shows great last year. How much we missed him when he when he got concussed. Yeah. yeah. He missed a lot of footy after that, he didn't did he? Too. It was a nasty one. It was one, a but... huge hit. He got hit hard. Um, yeah. obviously... no, no free kick. <laughs> no, no free kick. <laughs> and we needed everything we could that day because yeah. we were disgusting. Yeah, terrible. Obviously, the other two, uh, Sam Walsh and Jacob Wiedering, which would impress that whilst a lot can change in the next four or five years, that they're the heir apparents or the next in line, which which shouldn't come as too much of a shock to anyone. Um, Re-Sam Walsh, and, and this was the discussion in the aftermath, and it was a valid discussion, I probably I don't have any issue with him being in the leadership group. I don't take a uh, umbrage to it. I don't, but I can understand the argument that why put the pressure on him. Look, no doubt because yeah, and, and opposition sides do like to target probably more so captains more so than leaders. Um, but when what you want in a leader is um, attitude the way that they go about their footy, their professionalism, their preparation, um, the way that they bring other people into the game, obviously the talk um, in the rooms, on the ground and all that sort of stuff. He is he is the consummate professional. Absolutely. And, and, and there's it's it's no it's not by any fluke that he's as good a young footballer as he is. Every single element of what you'd want in your players in general, he just just exudes it and you're going well of course he's in your leadership group and that's the thing I can understand him doing an apprenticeship outside the leadership group yep. I don't think he necessarily need to be in it now that he is in it I've got no problem with it but I can certainly understand someone sitting there going it's like when Gibbs was in in his first year yeah they put him in first year which was, going, which was nuts but it was also testament to how bad we were and our complete and utter lack of leadership I think it was a but bit of a slap across the face of anyone else that wasn't there there was a little bit to of basically that. say this guy's walked in the door yep He's a better leader than you idiots. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that one. And obviously Jacob Wiedering, um, likewise, you know, fifth year in the system, um, was developed along really well, super year last year, and would absolutely, at this current trajectory, have to be in the conversation to succeed uh, a Crips or a Doherty in that four or five years' time in that window, whenever it's you know appropriate that that conversation is had. And as you say, we're going to groom these kids as they're going along. It's not a St. Kevin's reference for anyone Wow, listening. he went there. <laughs> Woo! I saw it when you said that. I went, don't say it, Timbo. Well, don't I, say it's it. a little too topical, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, when you got when you use a number one draft pick on uh, a quality kid and and quality from the, you know, your, your on-field ability as well as the off-field, um, you... Whether it might be the situation that these guys are co-captains at one point in time as well, because and co-captains is just a good idea. You know, having having experienced it, just from a load point of view. Oh well, absolutely. Doing press conferences, yep. doing radio interviews, doing a sponsor night. Yep. You got to go do a corporate gig. Yep. If it's just the one guy, it's it's a grind. And and there's just a lot of recognition in yep. behind it as well. And and you're sort of sitting there and you're going, can I separate one from the other? And it's like you know the old line, why not have both? <laughs> 
I think that's what they did. Porque no lost. Someone said, someone was sitting in the meeting room and just went, I saw that old El Paso ad last night. And uh, i got to say, that little girl, I mean, you know, she makes a good She's point. She's on or something. She makes a good point. Uh, doing like the Robert De Niro face. Yeah, makes a good point. Um, we're done on the leadership group. Fab, you didn't have, much to, didn't have much to say there. Uh, you two haven't shut, shut up, so, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, it was good. That was, what do you want me to chip in? Anything. It's good. Just contribute when you feel like it. No, I just like there's a good balance. Like you've got Murph and, and Ed, who are obviously your, your older heads. You've got your, your two newer ones, plus the skippers. There's a good balance of encapsulating Gabriel because they're obviously representative of the group, the wider group as well. So We waited for it, Timbo, but when he dropped in, I liked it. that was good. Oh, we finally got it from him. Um, obviously, the, the news we, we spoke about just a little bit earlier with Matty Cruz and missed today's game uh, and had a minor sort of heart. Was it an operation? Procedure. 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 That's an operation, isn't it? I think he got zapped. Yeah. So it's a little I, bit... I, thought I was under the impression that this was scheduled. Not. No. Not so. This is wasn't. I mean, maybe this, it was. This a, is, maybe it was just like a. a it's a ru- management. It's a management thing. Maybe it was do. a routine checkup or something. It's, it's, I think he's got some sort of a heart arrhythmia. I reckon they hook him up to the ECG machine once a fortnight or whatever that frequency would need to be, and they just check to make sure that the heart rate patterns are what they're expected to be. It'd be like hooking file up after that, that machine, <laughs> Matty Cruiser. Well, I reckon, and and they're obviously just sitting there and they're going, we're not 110% happy with what we're seeing. And, and I think invariably the procedures these days are literally a bit of a an electric zap. And I think when they do it, they send the, the catheter or whatever else up, you know, your, your, the artery in your groin and up you go and away you do and you go, zzz, and, you know. We're, it's not fun. We're, we're, we're happy with this. It's not fun. I, I'm assuming, look, I, I know nothing, but that's just what I'm assuming is what's going on. And if that just gives him the pattern that he needs and allows him to continue to be the elite athlete that he is. Every so often, Tim, just, I love it. You just sort of get to your Dr. Davis. Oh, you I, do. I, I love Dr. Yeah, Davis. Yeah. You just, and then uh, Dr. Davis. Love, is really have you good. ever seen the clip? We all, I always, I, I'm going to stop doing it this year, but we need to post the link to Tim. On who wants to be a millionaire? I was on who wants to be a millionaire as well. Yeah, but you didn't take half an hour to answer a question <laughs> about the human skull. <laughs> Sound like you knew everything. It's still got the question wrong. <laughs> what was the question? It was um, how many uh, parietal bones does uh, an adult human have? Four. Well, that's what I said. I just guessed. And Tim, and Tim the went. Well, one, two, four, and six. And I said, Eddie, I don't know. Six. He goes, Eddie, I don't know. Half an hour later, he, Tim, Tim's still and talking. I, no, and I said, <laughs> but I'm assuming they're the the uh, bones in a, a baby skull. This would have been have to cross over one another as they pass through the. This would have been an canal. unbelievable ex- explanation by you if you were right. Well, and I was right. I just got the number wrong. <laughs> Because as it turns out, the parietal bones are at the back, uh-huh. and the two cross over. Oh, there's two, and then it's like uh, like your frontal, not your lobe, but um, but that's obviously the. I hate it when they the, ask the you this. So, I got a question. My question. I did the, the hot seat one, so I only got the one question. But it was like about a marketing campaign for a holiday island in Queensland yeah. in the eighties, in the early eighties. I went, well, Eddie, this may come as a shock. Wasn't alive, so I don't recall <laughs> did this you campaign. Say that? No, just no. But I just felt like going, look, looking at the camera right down the barrel. And so what like, was the answer? Was like, it like magnetic island? It was like Dunk Island. And going, this is horseshit. What kind of question is this? No longer exists. Doesn't it? Underwater? 
No, I think it's I think blown it's up. Been, it's a bit derelict. Yeah, yeah. Well, it abandoned. You you acted like it's like no, Atlantis. the island it's is sunk there. to the bottom of the ocean. It's Atlantis. Yeah, it's still there, but I'm saying it's, it's Atlantis full of bogans. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look, Matty Cruiser. Fingers crossed, we can see him before the end of the Marsh series. That'll be a great. <laughs> I'd forgotten we were talking about Matty Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, we've got into who wants to be a millionaire and Doctor Davis. Um, Cripps, obviously, Paddy Cripps, our only selection in the All-Star game, which is no great surprise. And to be brutally honest, we are wanting to be too negative. As good a result as we could have hoped for. Especially if it's one of those games where there's a little bit of slap and tickle in it and it's a little bit like an EJ Witten game mm-hmm. and there's no risk of anyone getting a, a serious injury. I mean, obviously, you know, this week we watched the NBA All-Star game. It's largely the same. It's a bit more of a Don't get an, an offensive showing. So um, if, if that's what they're doing... Everybody comes together, you know, there's a, you know, opportunity to raise a little bit of money and awareness and whatnot. Fantastic. And look, I mean, we're selfishly looking at Cripper as well. I mean, equally, you really wouldn't want people to volunteer their time to be a part of a bushfire game and end up with, say, a season-ending you know, injury. That'd be, that'd be pretty rubbish for, the reason, for any support, The reason so. State of Origin died, Timbo. Tony Hall. Well, I wasn't going to say Tony Andy Hall. Andy Collins tackled Tony Hall, did an ACL on the goal square. I was going to say. Well, the teammates at the time? Yeah. The reason, that it, like everyone, every stakeholder in the game is complicit in its death because everyone just stopped caring. Well, it was, well, all of a sudden, this, the state, you know, The contest, mystique, the mystique yeah, well, behind. it was no longer there. Going to football park. We were in a national competition. Yeah. You were playing with and against interstate and these, these names week. names behind the shroud of the sandful yeah. and the waffle who it was are also they? their dress rehearsal like they this, this, I'm putting myself in the in the shop window yeah. Yeah. to get picked up by the big boys Absolutely. the cost of the truly national competition which the NRL they can talk about the state, state of, of origin, origin always yeah. they want but the cost of it was state of origin but look fingers crossed it's a great night raises plenty of money um, and like I said Cripps sort of goes out and um, puts on a, a AFL X type performance when he really <laughs> Off the uh, off the ground goals, probably what? one of the greatest Place players kicks. in the history of the AFLX competition. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, obviously, we're going to touch on the AFLW campaign. Obviously, the girls went down to Collingwood the first time Collingwood had beaten yeah. uh, our girls Jeez, in the it competition's was history. It would have been nice to have kept that run going. Yeah, absolutely, it was it was a frustrating sort of day. The girls were jumped at the start, hung in, hung in, hung in. A little bit of bad luck with the goal that wasn't, which would have almost leveled the scores, I think. Uh, and then from there, they weren't able to get close enough. But you know, we, were pretty, we were out-pressured, weren't oh, we? Oh, for sure. I mean, they out-worked we and out-pressured all game. Useless? Is that the right word? Oh, yeah, that's right. You like yeah. that one? That was obviously the talking point with Stacey Livingston, Collingwood Defenders, uh, post-match comments. And touching on those, I don't, I don't really give two shits what she has to say. The takeaway from me from that whole situation was there's just a bit of immaturity in the game where Collingwood were able to thrive off and they played the role superbly, being the hunter. They set themselves for the game all week. We haven't beaten this mob. It's Carlton. We've got to beat them. Blah, blah, blah. They went out. They were great. And they won the game on merit. They yep. were the better side on the day. Um, now, what Stacey Livingston has to wear is, well, mate, you don't want to drop a ground ball. Yeah, absolutely. Like she, Next she, time. She'll be scrutinised by media. It'll she'll be, be a scrutinised bit of, it'll be by a bit opposition. Of it'll be a bit of banter and a bit of fun. But, hey, if, you, if you're not clean below your knees, yeah. what's you know what's coming over the fence, Stacey? Yeah. You're useless. Useless. Useless, Wilson. Useless. One of the great ads. Great ad. Absolutely. Mentos or something like that? Or God might well say. Um, Uh, Fisherman's Friend? It was a Fisherman's Friend, was it? It was like that. Mm. Might not have been Fisherman's Friend. Fisherman's Friend was when the guy got slapped with a big fish. Yeah. In the face. Yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, we digress again. again. Um, but yeah, look, so ultimately out of that game, I think the takeaways from a Carlton point of view are... Dis- we got jumped. Disappointing result in the performance. We need, and we don't want to We don't want to be a pile-on. We don't. We need to be getting a bit more out of these marquee girls who... Look, a little bit of pressure. Mark Robinson wrote an article which was very even-handed and very fair in which Darcy Vessio was mentioned. Obviously, the, the target of the piece was... Um, Katie Brennan more than anyone else, but there there is now this this movement in the women's game where these establishment marquees who came into the competition with big names, big reputations, the games Ferris Bueller, you know, if you don't stop to look around, you know, they've been. It's going to pass you by. Well, you made the comment when we were in trouble during the game. Was it you? It might have been you, Sean. I can't remember. It was, was it a good comment? Uh it was quite incisive. That was me. <laughs> No, but just saying that it's the t- it's time to put Darcy Vessio on the ball. You know, the game was getting away from us. That might have been Fab. It might have. I think I thought it was Fab. But anyway, oh no, I didn't say put her on the ball because she just wasn't getting near it. Well, she wasn't getting near it. We weren't scoring. She had five touches for the day. Is that right? Yeah. Well, as you say, I feel like we've been kicking her a little bit. You know, with us saying that yeah, you know, we should have traded her. And when we, she was we, at we the, I want to make this clear. Her. I want to make this clear. Yeah, so we spoke I about. We need to clear this up too. We spoke about when she started in the competition. She was a top 5% player. Yep. Even if she's a top 30% player, still a good player and is still a competent AFLW yep. player. There is a place for her yes. to be a very good player. But she's not the superstar no, not, that was forecast. And the way that she's used in our own promotions and the league's promotions um, is out of step. Disproportionate. With her, disproportionate. And it's not just her. her. And I think that's what no. Rob was getting to. And you sit there and go, if we had been able to flip that, to people who didn't know any better, of which there would be many in the AFLW yep. competition, those new expansion teams, you know, sources for eyes that we can get a Katie Brennan, oh, we can get a Darcy Vessio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they'd come in and be a, a player, you know, walk up starting a, 16 a player. type, yeah, absolutely. But if we could have flipped it for picks, big picks. Yeah. Which, look, and we said last week, you know, we did with... Um, What's her name again? Bree Davey. Bree Davey going to Collingwood. And she's one of the best of the lot. Yeah, look, and she set it's it set our team up brilliantly mm. with some very good young talent coming in and will be it'll be beneficial in the long run without a doubt. Um, and equally, while Darcy Vessio is a Carlton player, we love her. Absolutely. She's ours. We hope for the best. Hope she gets more than five possessions a game. Um, she's certainly got the talent to be doing more than what she's been doing, so hopefully it turns for her and for us. And this week, obviously, the girls take on the Bulldogs. It's the annual Pride game. Now, Fabian uh, hasn't seen the Guernseys. I've seen it now. It's like it. a little snake type It's very similar. They use the same design. kind of template with a different sort of motif It's still kind it. of there, like shadowing like down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Bulldogs one just looks like a circuit board. Yeah, I really didn't like it. It didn't seem there was all that one angle. The first me. angle I saw, I thought that the photo hasn't done this justice because the it has like the rainbow colours. But the first photo I saw was just like a flat copper. Yeah, I felt it was a bit dull. Looking, yeah. and I went, "That looks shit." Yeah. But then when I saw one which looked like it had that sequential sort of colour in it, I went, "Oh, that looks actually a lot better." Okay, cool. Because I think I saw what you the saw. The copper one, I went, was "Oh, very, wow. Wasn't really moving. So I don't even know what this is saying. Yeah. But hey, look, our one is. Uh, it's very bright. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I, I prefer the other one. Which had like the army camouflage style. No, the la- last year's one where it kind of. That's the same sort like of an idea. Army camouflage style with a bit of colour in it. Yeah. I'm just looking at the doggies one. This now, is yeah, Murphy's like... pocket all over again. Yes. This is what this is. <laughs> I think we clarified that during the week that Murph checks side against the pies. I showed Sean. 
He showed me. Well, it was, I, haven't, it was, I haven't seen this. It was a goal right. that Mark Murphy kicked to the Ponsford stand end with a check side. Did he end up on the ground? No. No. Yeah, that's not the goal I was thinking of. That's he, not, I may not, Fabian, I'm just saying Fabian he did one. The, Fabian was the only Carlton fan in the world who was like, what pocket? I love Murphy. Oh, what do you mean? Oh. Imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> Is that us for today? Yeah, I think we've covered a lot. You happy with that? Yeah. So hopefully stuff happens next week because by the time we record next week, nothing new would have happened. Time we record now. Oh, the girls will play. They will play. We wait. Not we obviously. need a win. Given the season is so short, we dogs are one and one. We're one and one. Need this win. Yeah, big, big, big game. So, so fingers crossed they can uh, they can turn up. Where is it? Is it at uh, Whitnoble? It's at um, Whitnoble. And, and just digressing a bit, um, we had a tweet from one of the boys, Shane Willsmore, during the week, and we, did we? he, and, uh, Shane and I, had a, a bit of a discussion, comparing about uh, whether Doherty should be in our top ten power rankings. Yes, I did say that, and uh, and he made some excellent points, saying he's got to be in there, and uh, obviously we're not doing our top ten today. Tim fobbed him off. But no, not at all. But to see Doherty come back and be able to show more than what he's I he's proven you he wrong, might. hasn't he? Like, he probably has. He's, he's made probably, a f- he's probably already got me covered. He's made a complete what, fool of you. What did Jay say in the between? In, I've gone. He's made you look a right <laughs> He's made you for you. You put him out on injury grounds, and he's basically. I think Doc listened to the show last week <laughs> and said said. He's got a picture of Tim so in his I locker. Get... Yeah, Rocky style. Rocky style. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with the mirror. And he, it's the picture of the, him wearing the budgie smugglers. <laughs> the Who are you standing next to? No, anyone famous? Simon Coombs. All right, no. Shout out, Simon. Yeah. Coombsy. Australian Olympian, 1996. Really? Went to Atlanta yeah. for the 200 medley. Was he near the bomb in Centennial Park? Did he, did, he, did, he, did he set the bomb? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. Was he in Richard Jewell? I wouldn't have thought so. Imagine that. Imagine Richard Jewell starts off with a scene of Tim and Tim Simon <laughs> Coombs. What, is that his name? In yellow budgie smugglers. In yellow budgie smugglers. Hey, you couldn't have possibly imagined this story would start here on the pool deck at like the Knox Aquatic Centre or whatever. Where were you? Uh, we were at the hotel in oh, you weren't even uh, competing. Scarborough. He wasn't even competing. Scarborough in Perth is where we were. What year? I think it was Scarborough. Uh, I reckon that was 92. So just for some context. You were four. Just for some context, Fabian's hard drive, which has got the most inane shit you've ever seen in your life on it, he has got photos on that that should have been deleted the minute they were taken. (laughs) They're just so ridiculous. And one of these photos he has is of Tim and Simon Coombe. Coombs. Coombs. Puff Daddy standing on the pool deck wearing yellow budgie smugglers. I've got a photo of Tim dressed as Katy Perry. He does. I wasn't dressed as Katy Perry. What were you dressed as? Baby Spice. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that one. Hey, scary Spice more like it. And then last week when I came here, we won't say what Fabian was looking up. He was getting a bit hot under the collar. And to cleanse (laughs) himself after this, after doing some investigative work online... We sat there and watched his wedding video, which runs two hours, ten minutes. We sat there and watched what felt like five hours of it. And it was just like, that's on there as well. He's got all these photos that just don't belong in categories and they're just full of rubbish. And I was just... We were in the randoms folder. I think we need to wind this up, guys. (laughs) People have turned off anyway. Why were we talking about you in the the budgie smugglers? I can't even remember. I'll contact Keith and I'll get some... uh... Get some photos of young Sean. No such photos exist. Came out of the womb with the beard? Yep. 
I gave the shout out to Shane Willsmore, and all of a sudden we ended up talking about. Oh, we were talking about well. Oh, Dockety, Dockety was listening to the podcast, and he had your picture of you in your underpants, right, which he got from Fabian. Exactly right. There you go. <laughs> That makes At least sense we got now. there. We got there in the end. We can finish off almost under an hour. No, we can because we've got a minute worth of rubbish that I'm just going to scrub. Good. So we're, we got, we're well inside, yeah. comfortably. Um, I reckon that's as good a place as any to end this. Yep. For me, Sean Peterbach, thank you. For Fabian Fubberganoush Guadagnolo. You've got to drop the Fubberganoush. but uh, going to make it happen. the Out of that shit, I got We know how Fubberganoush came. I came across this in a fever dream. I was sitting there going, why am I calling you Bubberganoush? Why? Vince Vaughn himself, Baba Ganoush. And of course, Tim Singlet's Budgie Smugglers Coach Davis, Dr. Davis. Always, always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye, all. in a mood like this sometimes. I remember going around to his place to watch a game of football and we ended up watching everything but the football. It was, I, think, I don't know if it was the Hawthorne-Tasmanian preseason game. Yeah. We ended up flicking through every channel on Foxtel but the one showing the game. And when we did eventually get to the game, we were watching it on about a 40-minute delay. It was just... It was, it, it was excruciating. I roll differently, Sean. <laughs>